Give me the gift of a thankful heart, of a brave, thankful heart. Man proves his greatness by his power to see causes for thankfulness in his life. When life seems hard and troubled crowds, then very definitely look for causes for thankfulness. The sacrifice, the offering of thanksgiving is indeed a sweet incense going up to me through the busy day. Seek diligently for the something to be glad and thankful about in every happening, and then soon no search will be required. The causes for joy and gratitude will spring to greet you, loving hearts. When you input appreciation, it will give you appreciation back when you need it. Gratitude. Again, the Lord Jesus says to you, this one thing you can do. You can give me a brave and thankful heart. Man proves his greatness by his power to see causes for thankfulness in his life. That's where the bravery comes in. When life seems hard and trouble crowds, then... Very definitely look for causes for thankfulness. The sacrifice, the offering of thanksgiving is indeed a sweet incense going up to me through the busy day. Seek diligently for the something to be glad and thankful about in every happening, and soon no search will be required. The causes of joy and gratitude will spring to greet your loving hearts. When you input appreciation, the appreciation will come back and help you in time of need. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is not seen but believing. You believe because you have a hunch that it is right. You work hard to make a choice to, to be thankful. You look for things to be thankful. Then you are, your action says, I am grateful and I'm thankful for this situation. You look for the good. You get results. You get an ease and a peace in your heart. And then fate comes in. Fate comes in solidly, like a muscle, like the willpower. The willpower can be developed as a muscle. It is a muscle, the willpower. So you believe because you've been inspired by these words. Believe to be brave and to look for thankfulness. The instructions help you to believe that this is the action to be taken. So you start thanking God for the situations around you. Overlapping them with thanksgiving and praise. Look for the good. Then you made a choice. That choice honors me. The results is good chemical balance in your body. Help from heaven. A strong will. The results are you'll be walking on air. And you'll develop faith. Faith requires a lot of preparation. A lot of doing before faith shows up. Prayer in your knees. Thankfulness, gratefulness. That's what getting on your knees is about. Being thankful and grateful. And fate will come in as a reward. Give God the gift of a thankful heart. Again, try to see causes of thankfulness in your everyday life. When life seems hard and troubles crowds, then look for some reason for thankfulness. There is nearly always something you can be thankful for. 
The offering of thanksgiving is indeed a sweet instance going up to God throughout the busy day. Seek diligently for something to be glad and thankful about. You will acquire in time the habit of being constantly grateful to God for all his blessings. Each new day, some new cause for joy and gratitude will spring to your mind and meet you. And you will thank God sincerely. Amen. Our second meditation, which is actually August 1st from God Calling. Jesus, let the beautiful presence be always with us. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. There is no bond of union on earth to to compare with the union between a soul that loves me and me. Crisis beyond all earth's imagining is the friendship in the merging of hearts and minds and and will of oneness results that only those who experience it can even dimly realize. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. There is no bond of union on earth to compare with the union between a soul that loves me gratefully, gratitude, and me. Crisis beyond all earth's imaginings is that friendship. You should strive for a union between your purposes in life and the purposes of divine principle directing the universe. There is no bond of union on earth to compare with the union between a human soul and God. Crisis beyond all earth's rewards is a union in emerging your heart and mind with with the heart of mind of the higher power. A oneness of purpose results, which only those who experience it can even dimly realize. That oneness of purpose puts you in harmony with God and with all others who are trying to do His will. God is always ready to pour out His blessing into your hearts in generous measure. But like the seed sowing, the ground must be prepared before the seed is dropped in. It is our task to prepare the soil. It is God's to drop the seed. This preparation of the soil means many days of right living, choosing the right and avoiding the wrong, and many nights of prayer. As you go along each day, you are better prepared for God's planning. Until you reach the time of harvest, then you share the harvest with God, the harvest of a useful and more abundant life, which is faith. Love, I love to pour my blessing down in rich and choicest measure, says the Lord. But like the seed sowing, the ground must be prepared before the seed is dropped in. Yours is to prepare the soil. In thanksgiving and praise, on your knees, gratitude, thanking God. And mine is to drop the seed of faith into the prepared soil. Together we share in and join in the harvest. We spend more time in soil preparing. Prayer fertilizes soil. There is much in the preparation. My children. How dear to my heart is the cry of love that asks for all of me that wishes every action, thought, word, and moment to be mine. How poor the understanding of the one who thinks that money to be used is in this good work or that is the greatest gift to offer. Above all, I desire love, true, warm, childlike love, the trusting, understanding love, and then the gift I prize. Next is the gift of the moment, all of the moments. I think even when love's impetuous longing to serve me has offered me all life, every day, every hour, I think even it is a long, not an easy lesson to learn what it means to give me the moments. The little things you plan to do, given up gladly at my suggestion, the little services joyfully rendered, see me and all, and then it will be an easy task. This is priceless time of initiation 
But remember that the path of initiation is not for all, but only for those who have felt the sorrow cry of the world that needs a Savior and the tender plea of a Savior who needs followers through him. He can accomplish his great work of salvation joyfully. Each moment of the day which you devote to this new way of life is a gift to God. The gift of the moment, even when you desire to serve God, is sincere. It is not an easy thing to give him, him many of these moments. The daily things you have planned to do, given up gladly so that you can form a good service or say a kind word. If you can see God's promise in many situations, it will be easier to give him many moments of your day. Every situation has two interpretations, your own and God's. Try to handle each situation in the way you believe. God will have you handle it. <clears throat> Amen. Meditation number four. And this is the life eternal, that they may know me. It is the, or know thee, it is the flow of life eternal through spirit, mind, and body that cleanses, heals, restores, and renews. Seek consciousness, contact with God more and more each day. Make God an abiding presence during the day. Be conscious of his spirit helping you. All that is done without God's spirit is passing. All that is done with God's spirit is life eternal. O oh, Jesus, we love thee so and long to serve thee. My children, you are both to do, all of you, mighty things for me, glorious and wonders unfold. Life is one glorious whole. Draw into your being more and more the wonderful eternal life. It is the flow of life eternal through spirit, mind, and body. Let cleanses, heals, restores, renews youthfulness and passes on from one from you to others with the same miracle working power. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, to seek by constant contact to know me more and more. Make me the abiding presence of your day of which you are conscious all the time. Seek to do less and to accomplish more, to achieve more. Doing is action. Achievement is successful action. Remember that eternal life is the only lasting life, so that all that is done without being done in the power of my spirit. My life is passing. All done in the spirit life is undying. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So eternal life means security too. Safety. Dwell increasingly in the consciousness of that security and safety. Five. God is your healer and your strength. You do not have to ask him to come to you. He is always with you in spirit. At your moment of need, he is there to help you. Could you know God's love and his desire to help you? You would know that he needs no pleading for help. Your need is God's opportunity. You must learn to rely on God's strength whenever you need it, whenever you feel inadequate to any situation. You should realize that the feeling of inadequacy is disloyalty to God. Just say to yourself, I know that God is with me and will help me to think and say and do the right thing. I know that God is with me and will help me to think and say and do the right thing. All is well. Say that with me. Say, all is well. I know that God is with me and will help me to think and say and do the right thing. I am your healer, your love, your Lord. You bid me, your Lord, come. Did you not know that I am here with noises football I draw near to you your hour of need is the moment of my coming could you know my love could you measure my longing to help you 
would know that I need no agonizing pleading. My longing to help you, you would know that I need no agonizing pleading. Your need is my call. August the 6th. Refilling with the Spirit is something we need every day. You need every day. For this refilling with the Spirit, you need these times of quiet communion, always alone, without noise, without activity. You need this dwelling apart, this shutting yourself away in the very secret place of your being away alone with your Maker. From these times of communion, you come forth with new power. This refilling is the best preparation for effective work. When you are spiritually filled, there's no work too hard for you. Rest more with me if I, the Son of God, needed those times of quiet communion with my Father, away alone from noise, from activity, then surely you need them too. Refueling with the Spirit is a need. That dwelling apart, the shutting yourself away in the very secret place of you, your being, always alone with me. From these times, you can come forth in power to bless and heal. Seven. Ask God in daily prayer to give you the strength to change. When you ask God to change you, you must at the same time fully trust Him. If you do not fully trust Him, God may answer your prayer as a rescuer does that of a drowning person who is putting up too much of a struggle. The rescuer must first render the person still more helpless until he or she is holy in the rescuer's mercy. Just so much we be holy at God's mercy before we can be rescued. We must be completely at God's rescue. Come to me. Talk to me, dwell with me, and then you will know my way is a sure way. My paths are safe path. Come very near to me. Dig deep down into the soil of the kingdom effort and rest, a union of two. Rely on me alone. Ask no other help. Pay all out in the spirit of trust that more will come to meet your supply. Empty your vessels quickly to ensure a divine supply. So much retained by you, so much the less will be gained from me. It is the law of divine supply. To hold back, to retain, implies a fear of the future, a want of trust in me. When you ask me to save you from the sea of poverty and difficulty, you must trust wholly to me. If you do not, and your prayers and faith are genuine, then I must first answer your prayers for help as a rescuer does that of a drowning man who is struggling to save himself. He renders him still more helpless and powerless until he is wholly at the will and mercy of the rescuer. So understand my leading. Trust wholly. Trust completely. Empty your vessels. I will fill it. You ask both of you to understand divine supply. It is most difficult lesson for my children to learn. So dependent have they become on material supply? They fail to understand. You must live as I tell you, dependent on me. For strain from the right way, there is no cure except to keep so close to the thought of God that nothing, no other interest can seriously come come between you and God. Sure of that. You can stay on the God's side knowing the way. Nothing can prevent your staying in the way and nothing can cause you seriously stray from it. God has promised peace if you stay close to Him but not leisure. You still have to carry on in this world. He has promised heart rest and comfort but not pleasure in the ordinary sense. Peace and comfort bring real inward happiness.
For strain, my children, there's no cure except to keep so close to me that nothing, no interest, no temptation, no other can come between us. Sure of that, you can but stay at my side. Knowing that, I am the very way itself. Nothing can prevent you being in the way. Nothing can cause you to stray. I have promised peace, but not leisure, heart rest and comfort, but not pleasure. I have said in the world you shall have tribulations, so do not feel when adverse things happen that you have failed or not been guided. But I have said, in the world you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So learn of me the overcoming power of one who, through though spat upon, scourged, misunderstood, forsaken, crucified, could yet see his work had not been affected by these things, and cry triumphantly from his cross, it is finished. Not the pain, the mocking, the agony, but his task. Let this thought comfort you. Amid failure, discord, contumely, suffering, even now, my friends and angels, be prepared to sound the chorus. The chorus. It is finished. It is finished. Say it with me. It is finished. I know God is with me, and all will be well. He will help me do his will. August 11th. He who made the order world out of chaos and set the stars in their course and made each plant to know its season, he can bring peace and order out of your private chaos if you will let him. God is watching over you to bless you and care for you. Out of the darkness, he is leading you to light. Out of the unrest of rest, out of disorder to order, out of, of faults and failures to success, you belong to God, and your affairs are His affairs, and can be ordered by Him if you are willing. Amen. Yes, remember that always, Jesus, Thou art watching over us to bless us and care for us. Yes, remember that always, that are out of darkness I am leading you to light, out of unrest to rest, out of disorder to order, out of false and failure to perfection. So trust me wholly, fear nothing, hope ever, look ever up to me, and I will be sure your aid. I and my Father are one, so he who made the, the order, beautiful world out of chaos, and set the stars in their courses, and made each plant to know its season, can he not bring out of your little chaos peace and order? And he and I are one, and you are mine. Your affairs are mine. It is my divine task to order my affairs. Therefore, you will be ordered by me. So take your rest and completely empty yourself towards me and wait upon me on your, your inspired energy through gratefulness and thanksgiving. The moment a thing seems wrong to you or a person's actions to be not what you think they should be, at that moment begin your obligation and responsibility to pray for those wrongs to be righted or that person to be changed. What is wrong in your surroundings or in the people you know? Think about these things and make these matters your responsibility. Not to interfere or to be a busybody, but to pray that a change may come through your influence. You may see lives altered and evils vanish in time. You can become a force for good wherever you are. Remember, no prayer goes unanswered. August 12. Rule the world. Remember, no prayer goes unanswered. Remember that the moment of things seem wrong to you or a person's actions to be not what you think they should be, at that moment, begin your obligation and responsibility to pray for those wrongs to be righted or that person to be different, to be grateful. Face your responsibilities. What is wrong in your country, its statements, its laws, its people, the world? Think out quietly and make these matters your prayer matters. 
You will see lives you never touched altered, laws made at your request, evil banished. Yes, live in a large sense. Live to serve and to save. You may never go beyond one room, and yet you may become one of the most powerful forces for good in your country, in the world. You may never see the mighty works you do, but I see it. Evil sees it. Oh, it is a glorious life, the life of one who saves. Fellow workers together with me, see this more and more. Love with me, shares of my life. Love with me, sharers of my life. And that was August the 12th of God Calling and 24 Hours a Day. Little books. Reading from the book, Came to Believe. Let's go ahead and open it with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Stay. Don't go nowhere. We're reading from Came to Believe, Spiritual Progress, Section 9. Bill W. said, We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. That's what this next section entails. Our first letter is from Albany, Australia. It's called Destinations. Only 12 steps. In a day when we are exposed to fantastic statistics, a mere dozen doesn't seem to rate much. But what is involved in the 12 steps makes a, gr a great difference. I can remember how thrilled my wife and I were when we saw each of our twins take the first step at 11 months. And soon it was two steps, then three steps, then four, and in no time at all, there was no way of counting the steps they had taken. They were free, free to go on and on and on. The first step is very important, whether it is the first step of a beloved child learning to walk or the first step taken by a man on his way to a new life. Looking into my little one's faces, I can see the same qualities that we need for the 12 steps of AA. Daring to take everything on the attempt, a sense of direction to be followed with no swerving, no detour, decision to move forward without hesitation or reservation, determination to make it all the way, destination, a full life, a free life. A serene life. Again, the 12 steps of AA have to be approached by being daring to take everything on the attempt, a sense of direction to be followed with no swerving, no detour, decision to move forward without hesitation or reservation, determination to make it all the way. Destination, a full life, a free life, a serene life. Our next story is called Totally Free. After 11 years of sobriety, one day at a time, I have, groaning, I have growing awareness of how incredibly blessed I am. At first, it was all I could manage to stay sober that one day. I never allowed myself an excuse to miss an AA meeting and... I read all the AA conference-approved literature I could buy or borrow. I also read other publications, such as William James' The Variety of Religious Experiences, because Bill W. did. I read several daily devotionals and still do, including my precious 24 hours a day. I attended confirmation classes in my church, 
to review the Christian teaching of my youth, from which I had become far removed. Growth and understanding came slowly, but they came steadily and finally. I could feel gratitude for my sobriety, for the saving grace of God. Now I feel totally free, because I know the truth about myself. I learned about people in AA, and this brought me to an understanding of myself. I know that spiritual growth is a great, wide, beautiful thing, and that I have only stepped up to the open door. By going to meetings and rubbing elbows with the new people in AA, I find they have much to teach me. Their problems are a little different, and they haven't experienced the awful isolation that many of us other older folks did. But they are better informed, they are more knowledgeable, and I suspect they are smarter because they learn faster. Perhaps they don't have as far to go to get to well, well as we did. But their path is more cluttered, and the way isn't clear as clear. So it is still the same struggle for all of us, and we need each other. We need each other's experience, strength, and hope, regardless of age or length or sobriety. The saving grace of God doesn't come like a bolt out of the blue. It comes through in and from other suffering, as well as rescued souls like you and me. I am happy to be part of the living and growing fellowship with an infallible heartbeat. Divine power is the pulse of AA, and it doesn't change no matter how errant and foolish we morals could be. Bismarck, North Dakota. Our next letter is entitled, The Wonders of Discoveries. I wanted to be the most successful member of my AA group, but it was a long time before I could think clearly. I stayed sober largely through fear and the thrill of trying to carry the message. I would talk frequently at, and at length on the value of working the steps and living this new way of life. Unfortunately, that's all I did about it, just talked. I did not really attempt to take the steps. Instead, I tried to find spiritual help and peace of mind through my church. For this activity, I felt certain that I would be rewarded with good health and happiness. It didn't work. Although I never took another drink, my general health declined. I became highly nervous and tense as a result, an ulcer, high blood pressure, and acute neurosis finally took me to the hospital where I lay almost blind, crippled, and near death. Huh. After my doctors had determined the chief medical cause for my illness, they predicted that I would live after all. Then I had much time to think and to meditate. I reviewed my entire life, the years before AA and the 12 years in AA. Somehow I felt free to look objectively at what I had been and what I had become. For the first time in my life, it grew quite clear to me that I was an utter, complete, 100% die-in-the-wool louse. I was so self-centered, so full of ego, that I had all but destroyed myself. During the years in AA, I had learned little more than to keep the plug in the jug. I had neglected to try to work all the 12 steps of the program. But it occurred to me that now God had twice saved me from self-destruction. I began to feel a sense of real gratitude, and I tried to thank Him. I had a strong feeling that God had spared me for a purpose, to express my gratitude. I wanted to spend the rest of my life trying to help someone else. And I knew that one of the best places to work was in the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous without my old, shallow ideas of success. I discovered the satisfaction of helping to arrange the chairs for a meeting or of cleaning the ashtrays. Soon I discovered that AA service work can be most rewarding, and I love doing it. Yes, I did go back and start all over the 12 steps, and I felt the wonderful, I felt the wonder of other discoveries about myself and my higher power. I would have felt this years ago, but I had followed the program and had I been, as the big book states, willing to go any length to get it. AA today affords me the privilege of being at ease in a world of normal people. 
It gives me the opportunity to try to live and work in my church and community, and perhaps in these areas too, offer a small contribution towards making things just a little bit better for those yet to come. Cordell, Oklahoma. Evidence of a Miracle. My alcoholism was not far advanced when I first sought the help of AA, but the effects of 30 years of drinking were there, and my spiritual life was at a low ebb. All desire to drink left me at my first meeting, and believing I took to the program with enthusiasm, minded the slogans, went to meetings, made friends, and carried the message as I understood it then. Shortly after joining AA, I underwent a religious conversion. I had been a Christian just nominally, about as ill-informed on spiritual matters in general as one can imagine. Upon truly discovering Christianity, I studied theology in its many branches, became a lay member of a religious order, and was a daily communicant. I felt secure, so I drifted away from the fellowship, no longer participating in meetings, lost track of my AA friends, and became extremely busy. When I took a drink, after 13 years of sobriety, I am sure I had in mind that AA will still be there if the result proved dire. Surprisingly, the whiskey had no apparent effect. For a couple of years after that, I would have an occasional drink. My life situation was entirely different from what it had been 15 years before. Gradually deceiving myself skillfully, I became convinced that I had been mistaken about my alcoholism. For a few years, I managed to appear to be a social drinker. There were portents to the contrary, but I ignored them. I cherished my illusion of control. The deterioration of my spiritual life was slow. The physical and mental effects were not especially noticeable for quite a while. Inevitably, the time came when I faced the fact that I could neither cut down on the considerable amount I was drinking, nor could I stop. In desperation, I had myself hospitalized. My chart read, acute alcoholism, and I suffered all the symptoms, including hallucinations. Yet, after release, I continued to drink, completely obsessed. One day, my doctor suggested that I go into the hospital again. I said I would think about it. A friend came for tea that day. My tea was more than half vodka. And said, just in passing, you know, dear, it isn't worth it. Just that. After she left, the words, it isn't worth it, kept running through my mind. The next morning, I phoned the local AA intergroup office and asked for a meeting list. I had... I have not had a drink since that day. Now I see how monumental my self-deception was. During that first 13 years, my sobriety was not at the high quality it seemed to be. During the two years that follow, I actually convinced myself that it was a privilege to be able to drink. When I returned to AA, its precepts seemed entirely new to me, particularly the full meaning of the first step, the atom bomb of the program. Instead of taking the steps and forgetting them, this time I began living them daily, finding new meaning in each one. What I have come to believe is profound, and my concept and understanding of the program are quite different from what they were before. My AA way of life now demands constant action and active self-honesty and recognition of the necessity for living in in day-tight compartments. Patience must be practiced. In gratitude, I must humbly come to believe every moment of every day. Each day, I must surrender and rededicate my life, or I shall lose all that I have gained. I have always believed in God, but I must never again forget how easy it is to lose contact and to become again unsane. I sought my soul, but my soul I could not see. I sought my God, but my God eluded me. I sought my brother, and I found all three. We find our brothers in the fellowship, and therein lies spiritual strength. Your your understanding of God may be quite different from mine, but we may agree, I think, that there is 
a Holy Spirit pervading AA meetings and that the sobriety of each and every one of us is evidence of a miracle. A miracle is defined as an event that appears unexplained and so is held to be supernatural in origin. An act of God. This I accept. David Stewart had written, A miracle is an astonishing action emerging from the concerted effort of God and a person. I agree. And in AA, a person becomes many people. AA succeeds because one and all, we have a common goal toward which we are all working. Mental, emotional, and spiritual growth. Through love and service, once we become to believe, we are given the opportunity to work towards this goal. For me, coming to believe is not a one-time experience. It is an action to be performed daily as long as I live and grow. New York, New York. Our next story is from Akron, Ohio. Only one reason. I believe we are all sober and alive for only one reason. God has a job for us to do. I have also come to believe that I must please God first, myself second, and everybody else third. When I can live and feel that way, it isn't all, all day, every day, things seem to work out. When I try to run the show, everything goes to hell. Akron, Ohio. When I can live and feel that way, and it isn't all day, every day, Things seem to work out. When I try to run the show, everything goes to hell. Akron, Ohio. Our next story is called The Central Experience. I make no claim that I know God in all its fullness, and I certainly don't feel that I understand God to any extent but that there is a power beyond my personal will which can do wonderful, friendly things for me that I can't do for myself. This I know beyond all question. I have felt this marvelous healing power at work in my own being, and I have seen this miraculous effect of this mysterious, indefinable power in the lives of thousands and thousands of recovering alcoholics and addicts who are my friends in Alcoholics Anonymous. For over 20 years, I was an atheist or an agnostic. During that time, I became a helpless alcoholic and an empathamine addict and a complete failure in all areas of my life. All of my horrible suffering was self-induced. And during those proud years, I often said, if God exists, let him give me a sign. I had quite forgotten that I was the one who had broken off the communications. When I became very clear during my 17th year at that time, I set out to prove that there was no God. And for over 20 years, the confirmations of my opinion kept pouring in. So the first thing that I came to understand about God is that he is very cooperative. It took me 20 years of suffering to learn this. The second thing I learned is that God is love. One of the saints says, Every man that loveth it is born of God. It was my good fortune to spend my first day in AA with such a man. He attended three meetings with me that day and took me to his home for both lunch and dinner. I was bewildered and confused. I felt that if he had really known me, he would not have had me in his home. His love and acceptance alone did not bring me into the program. I had been offered love and encouragement, advice and understanding many times before, but this time I responded. We are not healed by love alone, but by our response to love. Our understanding of God grows through our willing to respond to Him. My sponsor said, Pray if you can. Having no faith, whatever, thinking that prayer must be a kind of auto-hypnotic play acting alone in my apartment, I got down on my knees like a little child and prayed to the unknown God. I said, 
God, take away my compulsion to drink, and my compulsion to drink was removed, and it has not returned from day to this, that day. Without knowing how I had done it, I had surrendered to the power, and the power did for me what I could not do for my own will. I went to an AA meeting every night, and every night I prayed, and every night I had long, wonderful dream conversations with God. The central experience, as I now often call it, was enfolding me and drawing me in a perfectly as my disordered mind would permit. I had been giving real great gifts, the gift of faith and the confirmation of faith. And I became so excited that I couldn't make up my mind whether to found a new religion or run for Pope. For about three months, I went to meetings and prayed and dreamed and procrastinated. The pain cloud faded and I began to feel very uncomfortable at times and I was told that I was ready to do something about it, tidying up the refuse from the past. The next thing I learned about God is that fate works is dead. Fate without works is dead. Gradually, I began applying myself to step four through nine and after about four years, the power of the past to hurt me was largely removed. I came to believe in a God who was merciful and forgiving, but not forgetful. And I have no desire to forget the past. My memories no longer fill me with shame and remorse. On the contrary, they fill me with gratitude and joy. My whole story is a sort of divine mystery to me. I don't know how an intelligent human being ever could have gotten into such a mess and the more firmly established insanity I become the more amazed I am that I ever got out of that mess. Very early in my AA life I realized that the experience of God and the concept of God had not been invented by AA. For me it was not enough merely to rely upon my own experiences and continue to repeat the words God as I understand him. At meetings, I rediscovered the God of the Bible largely through the practice of techniques described by Norman Vincent Peale in his book, The Power of Positive Thinking, 1952. I became confirmed in the church of my choice and made peace with the God of my childhood. I learned that the fearful God I had imagined as a child was really a God of love. But... The record of religious institutions generally began to appear to me more and more like my own, very high in promise and very low in performance. So I became interested in Christianity mystics, which led me into the study of techniques of deep meditation and comparative religions. I began to realize that so-called mystics of whatever tradition, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Hindu, Taoist, or Mohammedan, all ultimately talk the same language. In one way or another, they all describe the same bliss, one behind the many, who could be directly known in deeper prayer and meditation. I began to meditate morning and evening, and the result was so startling that I felt the need for personal guidance. Vivid waking dreams and strange inner experiences made me a bit anxious about proceeding alone. I investigated the organization in Toronto, which taught med meditation techniques, and I choose the society which appealed to me the most. What opinions I may hold, what techniques I may use one year or five years from now, I have no way of knowing. But I have noticed during the past seven years that I have always been happiest when my commitment to AA and its 12 steps had been greater than my involvement in any other activity or group. In my present life, from day to day, I attempt to improve my understanding of God by responding to Him in three basic ways. By moving outwards into a positive action, by exercising my ability to choose positive thoughts, and by allowing myself to be drawn inward to positive being. For me, positive action means consciously trying to act towards other people in accordance with the scriptural teachings in which I believe. Whether I feel like acting that way or not, I have found that it is much easier to act my way toward belief 
than it is to believe my way toward action. One of my daily action paths toward God is the path of fellowship in AA. The great tragedy of the addict is that of all the personality types, his is probably most in need of love. But gradually through his addiction, he becomes totally unlovable. The loving fellowship of AA began my recovery and I maintain daily contact with those who love me and understand me. For I need it almost as much now as when I attended my first meeting. Another sort of path toward God, which I try to follow every day, is the process of positive thinking. AA taught me that it is actually possible, though not always easy, to stop a negative or despairing train of thought. And by the use of a repeated slogan, recover a sense of gratitude, which permits me to begin a positive train of thought. The ultimate positive thought, of course, is God. The word which affirms our fate that the universe is friendly to our being. Through prayer, I take the path of faith towards God. Every morning, I turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand Him. His integrating power within me has gradually led me into a state of serenity and happiness, which I have had always considered impossible. Through deep meditation, I take the effortless path towards God. I meditate for half an hour every morning and evening. The purpose of transcendental deep meditation is to allow the attention to be led deep within the mind to the source of thought, which is experienced as blissful being, and to bring the the blissful nature of that state out into normal waking consciousness for enjoyment throughout the day. I have become more and more aware of the infinite expansion of happiness which is accessible within. The Upanishad part of the Hindu scripture concludes, From joy all things are born, by joy all things are sustained, to joy all things return. The more thoroughly I can surrender to this proposition, the more thoroughly I enjoy my life. Ultimately, my God, as I understand Him, is joy, and the expansion is joy. From Toronto, Ontario. Our next story is called Another Houndsman. For years, my favorite literature was Homer, the Odyssey, because all life is a journey. The Iliad, because of a lot, all life is a battle, now I ask myself, but need life be a Homer seem to have seen it? Why should I be constantly journeying, running away from myself, constantly battling myself and resisting or resenting this life that God has granted me? Why not relax and let someone who is far more capable than I do do the steering and the planning? From Seattle, Washington. I must learn. This story comes to us from Toronto, Ontario again. I must learn. Many of our fellowship express our three stages of learning and growth this way. Many do. They say, I came, I came to, I came to believe. In my case, it was about three years before the third stage began. Over the years since, I believe I have experienced a gradual straightening and growth of frequency in my communication with God as I understand Him. Man is ready to die for an idea, provided that idea is not quite clear to him. Paul Elridge wrote, "This That is the way the spiritual side of the AA program appeared to me. I'm in trouble if I attempt to parse it. I don't attempt to understand it. These random notes represent the best I can do to put it into words. Cardinal Newman said, it is the very energy of thought which keeps thee from thy God. So it was with me, I think, the saying, let go and let God must have been written just for me. 
For me, God is the still, quiet voice I hear so many times each day saying, Roy, that wasn't good enough. I live alone, and once I was lonely, but now I can enjoy the rewards that come only in moments of solitude. I often protest against things that I look on as limitations and obstructions, but these could be the very things I need most. For what I call hindrances, obstacles, or discouragements are probably God's opportunities. As I try to grow in the AA program, I must occasionally remember when, but not in order to brood about the past. AA taught me how to deal with it, how to put it into proper place and perspective. I believe that I must learn, that I must let God teach me that the only way to get rid of my past is to get a future out of it. God will waste nothing. Now that I am sober and have tried to turn my will and life over to care of God, I believe that the greatest gift I can bestow upon the world or upon any one group of persons or upon any person in the world is my own self. I think God gave each of us a unique personality so that we in turn might give it to others. Now I can give it with joy in life, warm, friendly, happy, sober. I believe that God made us all different for another reason. I am convinced that there is some one thing that I can do better than anyone else in the world. God thinks so, and he wants me to do it. Through the 12 steps, a good many AA members have found out that their assigned chores on earth are, and they are doing them. Thus, the 12 steps must continue to be more compelling to me and more binding on me than anything else that I encounter in life. For only through working on these steps can I get closer and closer to finding out God's intent for me. Perhaps God thinks that a very modest talk task in my community is all that I'm able capable of handling but it is there it is real and so with the help of my friends in AA I must search out what task is then with their help I must do it Toronto Ontario our next story is from New York New York called the source of strength A few years before coming to AA, I knew I was going crazy. I do remember crying out to God to help me. Somehow, I got the strength to leave my husband. I was afraid that one of my violent drunks, I would kill him or be killed by him. It was a long road from the moment to the time that I was able to get help and to know that God was in my life. I had the first glimmer of hope at my first AA meeting. My fear was that I might not have the disease of alcoholism. If I didn't, I knew I would never make it. Life had ceased to function for me in any normal way. My depression was paralyzing. AA seemed to present to me the direction and structure I had longed for. I began to have just the slightest motivation and just the slightest will to live. Through months of painful withdrawalness and hostility, I slowly began to find a voice within me that had to be heard. I forced myself to speak up at a meeting so I could prove to myself that I existed. Then I began to get some freedom, but I was not really connecting. I had found friends in AA, and it became a family for me. But after a while, this wasn't enough. In facing life for the first time, I was full of fear. I could discuss problems with these friends and with doctors, but there was an ingredient missing in my life. Always before, I had put myself in the hands of a man and made him the sole reason for my existence and my will to live. I knew that if I did this again, my dissolution would be harder to bear. I had to have my own will to live. And this, perhaps, is when I began to rely on God. Someone to protect me, someone who wouldn't possess me, someone I could silently talk to and pray to. Perhaps I became willing to believe. 
I would tell a friend of mine who was having the same problems that I prayed to God not to take a drink today and not to get married today. It was sort of a pact. I was very serious about this. I couldn't seem to handle romance and God too well at the same time. And God did start to give me the strength that I had always thought would come from the man in my life. I needed power each day because I, I get weary. But with AA as my structure and God as my source of strength, I can face life without taking a drink. I don't have to stare out of my window in total despair anymore. The ocean and the sun and the trees and all the fantastic beauty that God has created having finally became very real to me. I crave the need, the presence of nature. But I must also bear in mind that it is the spirit within me which comes from God that is going to be the healing force. I can turn to it wherever I am. I want very much to share myself with another human being now. I am afraid of taking that step, but then I have been afraid of everything else too. And now I know that it is possible to overcome fear. New York, New York. Our next story is called Change Believe. Um, When I arrived trembling and terrified at my first meeting, I thought I no longer believed in anything. What a miracle that after one talk with my sponsor and one meeting, I could have hope in AA. This hope kept me coming to meetings and gradually grew into a true belief that AA had all the answers for me. If I would be willing and try, I could stay sober one day at a time. However, I found that this involved the effort to practice the program. Once my life in AA had been established, it became apparent that all 12 steps were important to my continuing sobriety. But I was stymied on the third step with its reference to the care of God. So I went around it knowing I must return to it and tackle the fourth step slowly and painfully. I became aware of myself I began to see it wasn't true that I didn't believe in anything. Rather, I had believed in the wrong things. I had believed I needed a drink for confidence. I had believed I was unattractive. I had believed I was unworthy. I had believed no one loved me. I had believed I'll never had a break. I never had a break. Someone said at a close meeting, there is good in all of us, Seek it out, nurture it, tend it, and it will flourish. So I began searching for the positive within me. I realized that my feelings of inferiority were just one aspect of ego, and the arrogance I projected was the other. I must find the center medium, so I tried to act as if AA was giving me confidence. I tried to act as if I had an attractive personality, even though I was not beautiful. So I had to act as if I was worthy like all the others. I loved myself and could therefore love others. I had to act as if fate was freeing me from the fear that had always gripped me. Now I believe at last, at least, that I could become whole with the tools of the AA program. Pursuing the steps, reading AA literature, asking questions at closed meetings, latching on to older AAs who had that mysterious quality of serenity, I discovered that all of those whom I emulated and admired had put the third step into their lives. I knew I wanted to do likewise. This necessity, this necessitated my finding a God of my own understanding, plus a willingness to let go. I realized that I must say, thy will be done, but who or what was this thy to me? I began to go back to review what had I come to believe. I had come to believe in the AA program. I had come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I had come to believe that I no longer needed a drink. I had come to believe that I could 
grow to be a whole person. I had come to believe that fate could eliminate fear. I had come to believe that I could love myself and so love others. I had come to believe that love was the key. I have come to believe that there's no big deals and that God is in charge and a good belly laugh fixes all things. I have come to believe that laughter is a miracle taking place. With an open heart, I returned to the third step and returned my will and my life over to the care of God this time of my understanding. From Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thank, thank, thank. Thank you for allowing me to read these. Have a nice day.